in the words of Chris Berman, back, 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 gone. And you know what's gone? Another offseason. The best part, it's opening day, and the season's already over for the Boston Red Sox, so they're gone too. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the newest episode of Championship or Bust. Technically, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Technically, the fourth episode recorded, but it's going to be the third one released. Very special last-minute episode tonight, our podcast's first ever preseason preview. So we're taping this on March 29th, 2023, the day before opening day. So all of our opinions are honest, authentic, and ready to be laughed at come October. So we've got a very exciting season coming up right now, and we're all excited. But you know who's most excited? Zach. How excited is Zach? Well, Zach is so excited that he, being from Philly, went to the Dallas Mavericks Hotel tonight to stalk Luka Doncic. Oh, whoops, I meant watch him walk on the bus. This is incredible. Because of this podcast. So you can't knock the dedication, but if you hear me listing off Luka Doncic's stats during this pod, that's why. I'm <laughs> rooting for him to drop 50, 20, and 10 by the end of the night. But tonight's not about basketball. Just going to have a little fun with that. But we're just going to cover the beginning of this very exciting 2023 season, capping off from the World Baseball Classic in which Japan beat Team USA in very disappointing fashion. And we'll begin here with a segment called, very original, Storyline You're Following the Closest. So I guess we'll start with Mr. Zach. Since you're so excited. First off, for the record, um, the Four Seasons Hotel is on my way home from work, the, my walk from work. So Don't I give away it, the information. <laughs> regardless of whether or not there's a game going on. We um, need the autograph. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> For the record, Luca's a lot taller than I thought he was. Uh, back to baseball. The immediate story I thought of was this Shohei Otani situation. Obviously, A's really uh, – sorry, Angels, most mediocre team um, – we don't know what's going on with them. Are they contenders? Are they not? Are they going to sell the deadline? <laughs> so Otani, best player, one of the best players, top two in baseball, all that jazz. Will they trade him midseason is what I'm really looking to see. I'm looking to see what they're going to get back. And if not, there's I, don't, I just think there's zero shot they resign him. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, that was actually my number five storyline that I was following too. I don't. I wasn't going in the trade route, so I like that you brought that up, but – for me, uh, I was thinking about it more from an angel executive perspective. You know, I think this trade deadline, you got to buy, buy, buy. And it's going to be hard for them considering they have Anthony Rendon locked up for $38.5 million yep. a year. And they have Mike Trout already $400 million in. And the real question is, will he be able to stay healthy? But obviously when you have those two together, I don't want to, you know, meaning Trout and Otani and with a healthy Rendon, I would never want to count them out. But I think right now – the main mindset of the Angels should be buying everything you can to try to keep Otani and then figure out the rest later. I understand you're going to have to sign him to a giant contract also, but how can you let a guy like this walk? Right. So I understand the idea of if you're trading, get something for him now, but why would you ever want to let this guy go? And I'll definitely be hitting more on Otani later on, but um. 100%, I think they should try to do everything they can to keep him. The question is, will he want to stay? And you kind of have to make him want to stay at this point. So, Yep. I mean, they've been trying to make Trout stay for all these years, and the team has just never gotten any better, no matter who they go out and get. I mean, they got Rendon after he hit, like, you know, 300 and had a really, really great year, and then he's just absolutely fallen off a cliff since then. 
I mean, you know, Otani goes out and he wins the World Baseball Classic. Is this guy going to now decide that, well, you know, I like L.A. and I like living here and it's great. You know, everybody comes out and supports me. But, hey, I want to win. This team ain't going to win. And with a team like the Mets and Cohen is already saying he's going to dump money, you well, got to know. Well, you brought up Cohen. You, you know, you got to know he's going to dump the money on Otani. He's not going to spare the expense. But the question is, where are the Mets going to be this year? Because one of the ones I was looking at was Edwin Diaz's injury and to a lesser extent, Brandon Nemo's injury, because you already have two of the premier players on this team. Both of them just got giant contracts and now both are battered up. Edwin Diaz, obviously more severely out for the season and Nemo seems to be playing now, but is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be ready to play alongside Lindor, Alonzo and Marte? And how much of an impact is the closer situation going to have on the Mets? Because now, what, you're going to have David Robertson or Adam Adovino close? Well, I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, Nimbo is a good player, don't get me wrong, but losing him really, I don't think, is a, you know, the end of the world for the Mets. You know, it's I not agree. that hard to have your, you know, NL batting champion McNeil go play corner outfield, move Marte to center, and call up Brett Beatty. It's really not that difficult. Or, or you have Alvarez. Uh, you know, can go catch. That's that's really not a problem for this team. 100% agree, Sherm. I mean, if you really want to talk about injuries, um, I think losing three of your starting pitchers like the Yankees is a lot worse than losing your, like, one reliever. And I know Diaz is your closer and he's the guy, but no no Severino, no Rodon for a little bit. And obviously that Montage trait is a disaster. So the Yankees are really strapped here for pitching. And you got Clark Schmidt as what, your number two, number number three guy after Cortez. It's not looking oh, good. Oh, please, no. No Clark Schmidt. Please, no Clark Schmidt. Focus on the Mets a little bit here. I mean, you know, Diaz Diaz definitely hurts them. That Their bullpen really is not that strong. And Diaz was the, you know, the anchor of that, of that bullpen. And I think you're going to have to put out a Vino in the closing spot, so. What are you doing if, if Scherzer and Verlander aren't giving you eight innings? But that's what you have to worry about with the Mets because you have two premier starting pitchers, obviously one with a pretty long injury history, and you have Kodai Senga, who was just signed over from Japan, who looks promising, but you know we don't know a whole lot about him. And you have Cookie Carrasco, and you lost Bassett. So you got to be a lot of question marks surrounding the Mets, but I think overall – Steve Cohen's got to be pretty happy with this offseason. Like, you came in with DeGrom, Diaz, Nimmo, all free agents, McNeil. A lot of things could have happened. And he winds up re-signing people. He ends up getting people in to replace people that he let go. And what would have been a net negative probably turned into a net even. Yeah, I mean, the Mets are definitely poised to go on, you know. They're contenders. It's, it's as easy to say as that. They are contenders. I mean, the, the, the NL East is a gauntlet. Don't get me wrong. You know, with the Braves and I'm hesitant to say the Phillies, well, they're injury problems. But, yeah, you know, they, they do have a legitimate shot at going out and winning a championship. But another one that I wanted to kind of bring up, and I'm kind of very brand new, and I don't know if either of you have even heard this one yet, but somehow I've noticed with the Chicago White Sox, slash Houston Astros. Obviously, they signed the Astros signed Jose Abreu, who's been with the White Sox for a number of years, had a MVP in the COVID year, had a, yep. a lot of MVP votes going around. But they were they're going to be facing off opening night, and Dylan Cease is on the mound, and he was asked about what it's going to be like to face Jose Abreu, and he said, and I quote, it will be interesting. He's a White Sox legend. Now, 
White Sox GM Rick Hahn on seeing former White Sox star Jose Abreu on opening night. This is from Bob Nightingale of USA Today. Quote, it's like seeing Michael Jordan is in a Wizards uniform. <laughs> um, when did Jose Abreu, and I, I think if he came over when he was younger, like if he was able to do that, he might have been in that discussion. But we're talking about a guy who has 1,400 hits, 243 home runs. He has MVP votes. In one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons, two top five finishes, won the one in the COVID year. When did he become Michael Jordan? Um, like, never. In, in the city of Chicago, it just sounds so insulting. I mean, he is a top five first baseman in the league, I think. Like, I always thought he was very good, but nowhere is he like the iconic status of someone like Jordan, especially like you're saying in a city like Chicago. That's like utter nonsense to be coming out of their mouths. Yeah, no. Like, I, I'm picturing the Mount Rushmore of Chicago sports, and you're like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Walter Payton, Ernie Banks, and Jose Abreu. I mean, listen, you got you to gotta give this team credit there. You know, they've won one championship in the last 100 years. They don't exactly produce Hall of Fame players on their own. Well, what Harold Baines. There? What else is there for this team? Uh, Harold Baines. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really. I mean, what else, what else is there for this team? You know, what, what Hall of Famer has played their whole career for this team? Right. Luis Aparicio a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had him and, and, and Manny Minoso played there for a number of years, but still didn't play Frank his Thomas. whole career. Frank yep. Thomas is really the only one that comes to my mind. Yeah, me right. too. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if this is if this is their Michael Jordan – it's the stupid as hell to say it, but so be it. Let him let have, him have it, it, Sherm says. <laughs> let him have it, man. If Sherm says let him have it, I'll let him have it. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a terrible team. They have been a terrible team for a number of years. And they'll continue to be a terrible team. It is what it is. Fair enough. Um, I'm very surprised so far. Sherm, did you have your storyline said yet? Because I have one here that really sticks out like a sore thumb to me. No, I mean, you know, my major storyline, and I, I don't know, uh, it's too blanket for you, is, uh, you know, they changed a lot of rules this year. I think it would what? be really a miss of us to not talk about that. They did? Wow. I mean, have you seen these horrific commercials MLB is playing? It's like these the guys are baseball players. really has me. They, these guys are not actors. I like the Brian Cranston one, though. They're just so bad. But I mean, you know, the pitch clock to me, yeah, yes, it moves the game along, and you know, the you know the casual fan is gonna like it because you know the game's only two hours, and you know I can not have to sit down and spend all day watching the game. I like spending all day watching the game, you know. But that's that's me. I, I understand. I understand the appeal. You know, they really want to, you know, bring the game to different people and yeah. and get more viewership because you know they're so great at doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, yes. Um, but I mean, to me, the biggest one really here is is the the ban of the shift, and I say I say the ban of the shift lightly, considering teams are already they're already finding ways around it, and they're playing instead of having you know three guys on the right side of the infield, while well, they just bring in the right fielder to play where the second baseman used to play in the shift, pull the center fielder over to right field, and then just play two outfielders. So, is, are we really getting that much difference? Yeah, if the I guy magically there. hits the ball the other way, he oh, he'll probably get a triple now instead of a double. But I think teams are going to take that all day. 
I think that they'll figure out the shift rules a little bit better as time goes on. Part of the new CBA is that they can make a committee between the Players Association and the owners and kind of make rules and have them go effect. I believe it's 30 or 60 days after the fact. So I think once they see it in action and they realize that, like, hey, this teams are figuring out a way around this, that they'll have more concrete rules for that. Um, as for your first argument about uh, the pitch clock and making the game go quicker, I get it from a TV standpoint that you want to watch the game, you know, have it the original way. As a fan who goes to the games often, works a nine to five job. Yeah. I, and being an hour and a half from my favorite team stadium, there is something appealing to the fact that a game will end a half an hour earlier, which means I go home a half an hour earlier, get an extra half hour sleep and then get home and ready to go to work. So I do really like that because I love baseball as much as anybody, but there are plenty of times where we end up having to go to, we have to leave a game early because we got to work in the morning. Yep. So I think that that is appealing. And I think the majority of big baseball fans do go to games. Oh yeah. And yeah, they're willing that's, to go that's on weekdays. Point. That's a good point. Yeah. I think you got to give credit to baseball. Um, I think they are trying to market it to a younger generation, which, you know, has less of an attention span. Um, and that's, you know, they've addressed it. They've actually like come to terms with it, that their sport needs changes, unlike others, you know, and I think that there really needs to be a recognition there for sure. I have to say, though, I am absolutely stunned that neither one of you came up with this one, um, especially because it was something we talked about right before we started doing the show. The Fernando Tatis Jr. return is my pick for the biggest storyline that I'm following this year. Padres have a lot of insane expectations. Um, they added Xander Bogarts to their squad. They have solid starting pitching between Snell if he can stay, you know, if he can stay consistent, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, and now you have Tatis Machado, Soto, and Bogarts all in the same lineup. And Tatis has had his surgeries. He's coming back from PED suspension. How good is he going to be? Because they need him in order to get to that next level. And I know we'll be talking about it a lot more you know, in future segments, so I'll hold off on that for now unless anyone wants to add anything. But to me, I think that's the top storyline of the season other than maybe the rule changes. I agree. I forgot he existed. Wow. Right? Not even going to lie. But they need him. Yeah. Where is he going to play is my question. That's a whole other argument. That's a good question. Because now you have Bogarts. Yeah, I mean, he's proven he is a – horrifically bad shortstop. I mean, one of the worst defensive shortstops the game has ever seen. Do they play and in the outfield? They, they stuffed him in left field, but... That's right. Now you got Juan Soto, who's also a horrifically bad fielder. Yeah. So where are you going to put him? You're going to have two guys in corner outfield that can't play? Hey, if they hit home Just runs, they're going to be game 10-9. Exactly. Well, Look at you the have, Phillies. But you have Nelson Cruz, who also can't field. <laughs> and Diego... I mean, he he is the DH. Let's be real; he is the DH. He's forty whatever years old. So you, you know, one of those three guys is going to have to either be benched or you're going to put two of them in the field. That's a good point. But then That's again, what's in Phillies have a uh, had absolutely no defense last year and almost won the World Series. So you know, it's possible. That's true. I saw a whole video of how they taught Castellanos how to play the field because he can't catch a ball on his backhand. So they have him positioned specifically in the field so that he catches balls moving in on his fore, uh, on, on his forehand. So that's how he made those two diving catches in the playoffs? Yes, because that's exactly how, because they position him so that, so that if somebody hits a ball, statistically more likely to land to his left 
and in front of him. Oh God, that's pretty crazy. bad. But it's crazy how the analysts could figure that out. All right, so I guess we'll move on to our next segment, which is the dark horse slash most improved team because we <laughs> kind of had to shoehorn this for um, our very excited Zach. So, uh, for dark horse the team that you know either in one way either they were in the basement before and now they're going to move their way up or they were in contention and now they're really becoming a World Series favorite one way or another. So any sort of most improved team. And I kind of stole your thunder, Zach, so I'll let you go first. Yes, Mike definitely stole my thunder and totally took the argument, so I don't have to make it anymore. The Padres are my dark horse team um, with the addition of Tatis back in that lineup. They got their starters. They got Bogerts. Uh, (laughs) um, I even have them. We'll talk about standings in a little bit, but I think with all the Dodgers, all the talent leaving L.A., I think the Padres overtake them and actually win the division for for the first time in however many years, so. They're my team. Can I do a quick ESPN teaser for you That as we go to a commercial break? Uh-huh. So Zach says the Padres are their dark horse, and Josh disagrees. But Mac is not saying his opinion until the projected standings. That's coming up real soon. Now, moving on. Call me Mike Greenberg. Go ahead, Sherman. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't even know if the Padres can stay ahead of the Giants, to be honest with you. The Giants? Yeah. Who's on that team now that Rodon is gone? That team did really well with no roster. All right, good point. And they've added Hanniger. And they've never had power hitters since Bonds. And they've never had power hitters. Yeah. And they've won three titles anyway. So, to, to me. But hey, know, they got Arson Judge. Yeah, they got Arson Judge. They did. <laughs> but, no, I just, I don't know. To me, the Padres just seem overrated. I think Manny Machado is overrated. I Oof. think. I think Bogarts is really good, but he's not going to carry a team. I think Cruz is 40,000 years old. And how many games is he realistically going to play? I, I think Soto I think Soto is, is really good, but I don't know how well he's going to do in San yeah. Diego. He should have a bounce back year. I mean, there's no way he doesn't hit like 280, 290. He was, he was yeah. having a really bad second half. But I, th- I think their pitching really is... I don't know. I just don't think it's as good as, as everyone's made it out to be. I mean, Snell is not what he was in Tampa. Uh, right. Musgrove, I just don't know if he can keep it up. I'd be shocked if he continues to pitch like he did last year. And Darvish is really good, but he was never, you know, yeah, he was never lead of elite. Yeah, he had his moments. Just he's old now. Yeah, ex- exactly. So I, I mean, to me, I don't. This team is. Absolutely no chance in the world beating L.A. Hmm. Fun fact about Darvish, he finished second in Cy Young voting twice. No, he's very good. How many years ago was that? Long time ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and no knock on Darvish. He's still, he's still very good. But he's not a lead of elite. Very fair. Sherman, who's your team? My team. And you could rightfully uh, say, no, you're an idiot. Would have to be Seattle. Good pick. I thought yeah, about not that. A bad pick. So did I. Very good pick. I mean, they they did really well last year, and they they came out of absolutely nowhere and had a really good season. You know, Julio Rodriguez is an absolute stud. That guy is going to you know be a star in the league for a long time, and you know he's only. I mean, he's really young. He's only getting started, and I, I you know it, they beat they beat Toronto in the playoffs last year, and everyone thought Toronto was this really really great team, and you know they've. They've gotten better. 
And I don't know. I, I think Seattle, they don't play in a particularly, you know, difficult division. Yeah. So that would Great be my pick. pick. Can't disagree at all. I, I like it. I thought about them. I thought it might be because they made the playoffs. Originally, we were doing dark horses. I thought that they might not qualify, but I definitely do like that pick. I went with the Texas Rangers. Ugh. And my reasoning why is honestly, I think they did exactly what the Angels should be doing. They bought uh, Corey Seager. They bought Marcus Simeon uh, two years ago. And, well, I guess last offseason, but this is now the second season that they're going to be there. And the whole knock on them was we needed pitching. So they respond by getting Jacob deGrom and Andrew Heaney. And Nivaldi. Nathan Nivaldi. So, like, all of a sudden you have three legitimate starting pitchers. I understand Andrew Heaney was awful here in New York, but he's a lot better than that reflects. And now you have three solid starters. You have two really strong hitters who did not have their best seasons last year, but I think they're poised for a comeback. You have Garcia. You have Jung. You're starting to build up a little bit. Um, I think they're a couple pieces away, but I think they could, you know, crack into the playoffs and have a solid season. Definitely a step in the right direction. And I think if Otani had a team like this, he might you might be able to persuade him to stay. Um, I think that team is so frail, so injury prone. I don't trust any of them. I think Simeon had that career year with Toronto and is never going to repeat those numbers at all. Um, I, I don't trust them at all personally. The thing with Simeon though is he did it two years in a row. Yeah, I agree. I don't I think Simeon is incredibly overrated. I don't I don't think he's gonna repeat that. Yeah. I, I mean this is the guy that you know, he played in Toronto and was like this is the best numbers a second baseman has ever put up ever. It's like this guy's a shortstop. Fair, but not counting the co- not counting the COVID season. So 2019, 2021, 2022, he finished top three in MVP voting two years of the three. So it wasn't just a one year fluke. He couldn't get a hot start during COVID. Fine, it was sixty games. And then he's in a new setting. Now he's got another year. Sure, give him a shot. I, I have a good feeling about Texas. I really do. I don't think I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be in a much better spot than they were. I think they have a chance. They would be the ones battling it out with the Mariners. Yeah, in that division. I mean, no one knows Houston's going to be really good, but you know, yeah, the Athletics are the Athletics, and the Angels are the Angels. So yeah, right. But wild card spots are going to be tough to come by in the AL, especially with the East. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean that's true. You know who 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 knows who knows what's going to happen in the East. I mean everybody knows Yankees, Blue Jays are going to be good, but the Rays and the Orioles are question marks. Well, since we brought that up, maybe we'll audible a little bit. We'll go straight to standings. So yeah, AL East, how are we feeling? I mean, do we not have the Yankees at number one? Or am I, I do. I don't. I'm biased, but I do. I mean, so am I, but they I'm should. Biased. They should be in the news. Over under 95 wins, boys. Under slightly. I'm yeah. thinking like I, I'd say under only because the division is going to be so good and so tight. Yeah, that's the concern. Because I like, even Boston has Matasaka Yoshida now, who look good. Ah, oh, Boston is going to be the worst. No, they're last. Come on, There's they're going to no be the worst. Else. I agree, but. Even they they're they not going to be an easy win. Verdugo, and that's it. They got Devers, and they got that guy that you just named, who I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. Alex Verdugo? Yeah, Trevor Story. Not Verdugo. Trevor oh. Story. Oh, oh. my God. Oh yeah, my God. last place for me, the Bosox. Yeah, I agree with that. 
And I'm sure we all have Orioles fourth. Yeah, but with like a, I said good sleeper pick, like they're almost done. They're almost there. Give them another two, three years. They're going to be competing. All comes down to how Adley Rushman comes. Yeah, Yeah, for the Orioles, depends on how Rushman does. And did Henderson make the starting team? I believe so. He was starting to. Uh, Yeah, and it depends on how well he does. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about how he is the next great, you know, going to be the next great shortstop. So I put them ahead of the Rays. But the Rays are always ahead of the Rays. Did you? I mean, the Rays never have anybody on their team, but they seem to somehow be good every year. That's the problem. That's why I literally wrote, do not doubt the Rays ever when I wrote this down. (laughs) Now we're going to lose them in the playoffs. Thanks a lot. Yeah, they're they're third for me behind Toronto. Um, I don't really know what's going on, but also Wander's going to be healthy, you hope. So you wonder how far him and Rosarena take that team. You saw my thunder there. First, hopefully, knock on wood, full season out of Wanda Franco. Yeah. I think that is going to be very interesting to follow, too. I picked the Rays to go second and the Blue Jays third, but I have them both getting through to the wild card and moving on to the playoffs. So I have three teams in the AL East. Yep. But I think it's going to be pretty uh, close either way. The Blue Jays lineup is too good to put them down the third. I know, but they'll find a way to mess it up. Someone will get hurt. And Vlad Guerrero will talk a little too much. Oh, yeah, he'll talk too much smack. Yeah, that guy is something else, man. (laughs) I know he's really good, and he, you know, hangs out with his dad all the time. But that guy just – I mean, I remember last year when the Yankees were playing him, and and they did like a four-game set in the beginning of the year, and the Yankees just trashed that team for three games in a row. And then the Blue Jays beat him like three to one in the fourth game, and Guerrero was on the field celebrating like they won the World Series. Yeah, I remember that. Bro, you just got destroyed three games in a row by your – you know, your, your division rival, and you won one game, and you're going to start celebrating on the field? Like, come on. That's when you ask for trouble. Yep. It reminds me of when we were playing music against Boston. Yeah, I you just uh, – mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't start gloating in the middle of the season like that. Exactly. It's just – it's not a good luck. But, yeah, so moving forward to the AL Central division winner. Clear cut as well. Got to go Guardians. The lineup's too good. Pitching staff's Agreed. good. I hate all of these teams. I do too. I don't. I don't think any of these teams are really that good. I agree. But I like the young hitters pick. on Cleveland. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I can't disagree with Cleveland. But yeah, I like I Shane Bieber. Royals Royals have nothing. Tigers yep. have nothing. Twins have nothing. The uh, White Twins Sox are have. second, but they're not going to make the playoffs by any. White Sox, I have White Sox players, second. But, uh, no, they signed Benintendi and then have ninety-eight-year-old La Russa running this show. Benintendi's overrated. Didn't Lourdes get fired? Did he? Oh, that's my fault. No, you're all good. I just wanted to catch that. I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Who's on the Twins? Who's on the Twins? Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Um, Buxton and who else? Who plays 30 games a year? Correa, yeah. Correa's ankle will shatter in about three months. (laughs) Yeah, LaRusse's gone. So who else? Oh, wow. Good move for them. I mean, you have Tim Anderson. No, yeah, no, Tim no, Anderson. No, 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 healthy. The twins. Louise twins, Robert. Twins. No, no, He's twins, about the twins. Go back to the twins. Who is on the twins? <laughs> oh, sorry. Do I have to go look up this roster? Because I don't even know. That's yes, Josh. Go look up the roster. Oh, my God. Correa, Pablo Lopez, Kent Ameda, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Let, let, me, let me look at this. Correa probably going to get hurt. Pablo Lopez, let's see if he can, you know, reproduce that season last year. I, I doubt it. Kenta Maeda, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say about that one. Joey Gallo <laughs> sucks. 
<laughs> Byron Buxton is the best player on this team. Yeah. By far, without a doubt. Kepler can only hit right-handed pitching. Oh, boy. Joe <laughs> Ryan guy is supposed to be decent uh, prospect. Miranda's a decent prospect. Farmer is, is okay. Michael Taylor is there. Average. Blanco, I thought this guy was super old. I don't even know who Nick Gordon is. Sonny Gray, this guy's buried in the Bronx somewhere. Christian Vasquez, not that good. Uh, Duran, this guy's a really good. This guy's probably their best pitcher. <laughs> their closer, I'm pretty sure. Solano, you know, he 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 played well for the Giants. I'm pretty sure is where he came from. Uh, Mail is all right. Pitcher Kirilov's a prospect that'll really pan out. Uh, uh, yeah, I hate the Twins. Got it. We all hate the Twins. The rest of these guys. So, yeah, yeah. That's that's what that's my take. I, well, I don't know right. any of the players on this team except for Buxton. So, how do you keep forgetting Correa? Uh, yeah, well, you know, like I said, he'll shatter his ankle. Because we don't know what team he's on. <laughs> yeah, summer. Probably, like, at, I thought he was on the winter. I guess not. I don't even know what season it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, moving on, Astros, Mariners, Rangers, Angels, A's. Oh, no way. Same here. We, we agree? Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm sorry. Say that a little bit slower. For the, uh, <laughs> the Astros, Mariners, Rangers, Angels, A's. Yep. Yes, no disagreements whatsoever. I figure that makes sense. I have my three wildcard teams, Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners. Rangers are my first team out. Because, like I said, Rangers, I like them. Mariners. And who wins so it's the Yankees, Guardians, Astros, Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners. I can't disagree. That's that's not bad. I, I don't know if I'm sold on the Rays, even, even if we'll, you know, don't doubt them. Say not to not to doubt them, but I, I just I don't know with with the Yankees and 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 the Blue Jays and even the Orioles being a decent team. You know, does another team from the West or the Central have a good enough year to bounce them out? Simply because the East is just not gonna. You're not gonna get a hundred win team probably. Walker Texas Rangers. Yeah, it's gonna be the Rangers. I mean, yeah, or I, no one else. It, it, it could or be Chicago. Them. Not Chicago. I like Chicago, too. No, you don't. They're bad. I do. <laughs> All right, moving to the National League, NL East. This is another dogfight. This is – I have Braves, clear division winner, but I know Sherm's probably going to say Mets here, but I win Braves. I also uh, win Braves. I, I, would, I would still say Braves. Gotcha. Mets second. Yep. Yeah. Philly's, Philly's third. third. Yep. Marlins four. Yep. Nats five. There you go. I think the Nats, the Nationals could probably have the worst record in baseball this year. Yeah, yep, definitely. I think I think they are one of two or three teams between them and and um, Oakland. Cincy. And 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 Cincy. Yeah. Yeah. I have Mets and Phillies as wild card teams moving yes, forward. I don't know. I don't know if the wild card. I think if Harper gets back second half of the year, gives him a push, they'll be all right. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bryce comes back early. I think they'll be fine. But the question is, how are they going to survive the first half of the season without him and without Hoskins? You Trey Turner, Kyle Trey Schwarber. Turner, Schwarber, Castellanos. If he actually hits this year, if he actually shows he up. He played there. terrible. Um, who else? Boehm's actually a really good offensively, just not the best third baseman fielding wise. Um, so yeah, those guys. You lean on those guys. You lean on Nola and Wheeler. 
and their bullpen got a lot better. Beat, is that going to be enough to beat the Braves and, and beat the Mets? Is, is my question. No, third place team, but um, I still think they make the playoffs. But the flip side to that whole argument is because we're talking about wildcard. There's three teams that can get it. Who else is going to be those teams that take over? Looking at the NL Central, I see one playoff team here, and it's the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, after yeah. that, it's, I have Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, and Reds. I don't think any of them are good enough to be a wild card team. So who's going to be the other wild card team that would bump the Phillies out? No one, because I think the uh, Dodgers Brewers are the Giants. Nope. <laughs> All right, all right, you, can, you can doubt me now, but we'll, you know, we'll see it. We will see. I think the Dodgers have really going to lose a step this year. Bueller's out. Hey, all right, so that should be even more of a reason for the Giants to make it. Myself, the Dodgers second on the NL West. Padres one, Dodgers two, Giants three, Rockies four, Diamondbacks five. Diamondbacks are also in the running Whoa. for the worst record. Whoa, you put Diamondbacks before. I mean, the Rockies aren't last place for you? Nope. I agree with I agree with him on that one. Really? Yeah. The Rockies have built a team on on speed in a large ballpark. Right. They, they the might thing. not be hitting a lot of home runs, but I don't think they're gonna have they're not a good team, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're gonna be the worst team. Interesting. Okay. But Zach, did I hear you correctly? You you think the Dodgers are taking a step back and do you yes. say missing the playoffs? No, they'll make the wild card okay. team. My fault. They'll definitely make the wild card. I was going to say, because I, I thought you were insinuating that they wouldn't be one of the wild cards. I assume they were like an automatic Dodgers slash Padres. No, they are. That's totally my bad. Definitely what what the about the Dodgers team. says that they're going to take this step back so far that they're going to get past? They lost the Turner, Bellinger. I know Belly isn't Bellinger, it's like in 10 last year. Um, what's his name? Your shortstop's out for the whole year. Who just got hurt for them? Someone got hurt. Um, yeah, Bueller out. Pitching's not as good. I mean, Dustin May is still there. I understand that. But the Dodgers will make any pitcher look good because their defense is so good. So all the ERAs look good. I was reading this thing about Julio Urias because um, basically his uh, FIP is better than his ERA. Basically, it just means that – or sorry, the other way around. His FIP is much worse than his ERA. Basically, it means that the defense saves a lot of runs for him, and he strands a lot of guys. So a lot of people are projecting that he'll take a step back. But when you have that Dodgers defense, as long as their defense is still good, every pitcher will look good, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you can do when you keep the ball in the ballpark. Yep. I don't know. I just don't – I don't see that team taking this such a big step back as, as you think. I mean, they seem to always have some prospect that's coming through their system that's really good. And, I mean, yeah, it hurts them to lose Turner, but they were good before they had him. And Bellinger was Bellinger was so bad that they probably, if they didn't not sign him, should have DFA'd him. I mean, that bad. Yeah, so I don't, I yeah. don't see that one as much of a loss. Not at all. I think it's a net. And game. Bueller hurts them, but they still made the playoffs without him last year. Right. Yeah. I feel bad for Bueller. It's now his second Tommy John surgery, and he's not even thirty. That's awful. Like, he's such a talent, and yeah, he's so good. Who knows what he's gonna come back with? And if he gets a third, he's probably done. The guy have you ever had three? I don't even know. That's I don't even heard of a guy having three. But if his elbow gets messed up again, then what? At that point, at that point I think doctors are gonna tell him. Syndrome. I think that I think if you're going for a third one, I think at that point doctors are gonna be like, maybe you should think about retirement. Yeah. 
yep. before your arm falls off and you have no use of it. Basically. I'm going to put you guys on the spot here a little bit. Um, I know we talked about projected standings. I don't know if anyone did any World Series predictions, but anybody? I did not. Um, obviously, the front runners, Astros, Padres, um, maybe Mets you throw in there. But honestly, I really like the Braves too. Those would be like the top three or four for me. Sure. Yeah, I think you're looking at, at either Braves, Yankees, or Braves, uh, Astros. So I did it. I went through everything. And I picked uh, actually the first two teams Zach said, the Astros and the Padres are my World Series picks. So I actually agree with you, Zach. They are, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't call them a dark horse, but they definitely, I think they're legit. And I actually picked the Padres to beat them in seven. There you go. I'm getting laughed at in six months. I don't think that that team is a wild card team for sure. They're a playoff team, but I just, I don't know. I'm well aware I'm going to get laughed at that. They'd have to go on one heck of a run to get that far. So uh, nice pun. They said you did the pun. I'm doing it again. That's what's in. Moving forward, back actually moving backward to where we were going to do, breakout star and bust. You're not gonna like either one. So, I'll I'll start it actually. O'Neill Cruz, breakout Stop star. Stop it. Okay, I I was waiting after you said O'Neill Cruz because I didn't know which one you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I am definitely not leading what you said. Yeah, I I'm like a bust on that one, Mikey. I I see Vlad Junior vibes from him, where he was hyped up. Everyone knew who he was coming in, obviously for different reasons. But hey, you can throw 100 miles an hour, right? But no, I'm not talking <laughs> I mean, about that. Are we the ones that just every time they said that, and it happened once a week? Yeah, throws 100 miles an hour across the time. We sat there mocking them. I'm being sarcastic. That's not the reason season. why I'm picking him. But he definitely turned it on the second half of the year. He was ba- he was basically flirting with the Mendoza line the entire season. Wound he's up Joey finishing Gallo. With 33. He's Joey Gallo. Without he's the a, defense. He's a, he's a good defender. He And he can't hit the ball. But when he does hit the ball, it goes to the moon. <laughs> Here's the problem, though. He's 23. He has time to figure it out. Okay. They've been saying about Joey Gallo for 10 years. Yeah, it's not this year, Mike. It's and people have I, I, I don't know, man. He's sixth in rookie of the year voting because people are dumb because he didn't deserve that. But I think he's, I think he will end up with a year off, but I do really like him. I don't think ever, I I think he'll be a decent player. And I think he'll he'll be, he'll be a Joey Gallo. He'll, he'll stick around and you know, he'll be, you know, he could potentially be an all-star on a team that has nothing. Well, I guess they have Reynolds, so it wouldn't be an all-star, but I just don't, I don't know. I disagree. Sorry. If you guys are that upset now, wait till you hear my bust. But I'm going to do one more breakout star. And he's not really a breakout star, so he's kind of playing with it a little bit. But he had a very rough first half of the year and wound up really coming back strong. And it's Brandon Woodruff. I think he had a really rough start, uh, finished with a 3.05 ERA. But he had a 4 going into July. And I think that that's what kind of set Milwaukee back a little bit. Um, I like them a lot, even though I don't have them going into the playoffs. I do. I think that they're a dark horse wildcard team for sure. I'm interested to see how that goes with the Burns contract too. We didn't really get to touch on that in the storylines, but Corbin Burns is angry and he's oh, been yeah. talking about it a lot. As he should. As he, As should, he be. should be. I agree. I love Corbin Burns. I think yeah. he's great. But if you can get both of them playing strong. 
Yeah, I mean, that guy's been one of the top five pitchers in baseball for the last two or three years now, and, and the Brewers are treating him like he's terrible. So, yeah, I'd be pretty angry too. Yep. Any more breakout stars? I mean, for me, I don't know if the guy is, is – if we're still con- considering him a breakout star, but uh, Manessis on, on Washington. Interesting. He came in the league last right. year and did really, really, really well. And he hit really well for Mexico in, in the World Baseball Classic. I, I see him, although he has no protection in that lineup whatsoever, I see him being probably the low and bright spot on that Washington team. That's a concern because there's nobody. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I, I think he continues, you know, in, a, in his first full season, I think he does really well. I guess moving forward to Bust here, um, you're not going to like it, but it's Aaron Judge. I mean, anything. He's only going to get 40 home runs this year? No, I think he hits around 30 or gets hurt. I understand, like, completely. And I know I said in the first episode that it's the best signing for for us because we had to do it. The Yankees had to sign him to that contract. There was no other option. But last year was the. One of the very rare seasons where Judge stayed healthy the entire time. The last couple seasons has been there, 148, 157. But prior to that, 28 games out of 60, 102 out of 162, 112 out of 162. These two years, the last two years, 29 and 30 season, usually after age 30, injury-prone guys become more injury-prone. And that's my concern there. I think we absolutely had to do it. He is the captain. He has to stay here for life. He needs to get that number retired. He needs that plaque in Monument Park. That doesn't mean that the contract is going to live up to what we think it's going to. So it's a great signing in the idea for us that we get to keep who I believe is our generation's Don Mattingly. But like Don Mattingly, are we going to win a title with that contract? Will he stay healthy enough to fulfill that contract? So I see a lot of parallels here to Don Mattingly, and I think we may have a similar disappointing result. We might make the playoffs unlike Mattingly, but yeah. I think that's that's my bust pick. I really, really hope I'm wrong because I love Aaron Judge. <laughs> but I think the expectations are just going to be so high. New York, that contract, breaking the record, the clean record, I should say. I, I How do you live up to that? Oh, you shouldn't have that high of expectations. I mean, sure, you can throw a bust out there, but I mean, if the guy goes out and hits 30, 35 homers and hits 280, it's a good year. It's not a great historical season, but he's never going to top that, and you got to be okay with that because that's unrealistic. I agree, but I mean, your whole argument to me seems to be that uh, he's going to get hurt. But the issue with it is with that contract now, the expectation is win or ring. And with oh, the yeah. roster we have, we're not going to do that. And the media is going to turn on him quick. No, well, the media, the, the, the everybody knows who the media should be turning on. Yeah, is the moron running the team, Cashman. Yeah. But they're and, not going to. No, but I can't. I can't. I, 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 we could spend hours just talking about how much I think Cashman is a moron. <laughs> it's just, it's just in, incredible. He is. It, it really is just in, incredible how this man still has a job. I mean, no other team in any sport is going to let a guy be the GM of a team for 25 years yep. and win once on a roster that was already constructed for him. Especially when you have the highest pay or one of the highest payrolls now in baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, imagine what a guy like Billy Bean could do with this roster where he could just, he has unlimited money or at least pre 
Steinbrenner's passing unlimited money. What could he have done with that? But uh, we'll move forward, I guess, to MVP slash Cy Youngs. Um, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold Oh, I got a bust, yeah, man. You got a bust, on, championship holy. bust after all. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Zach here, just not contributing anything, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you. Out. You got to contribute something. Anyway, my bust, and and I got, I got, I got a couple. I got a couple. First one is uh, Glaber Torres. I think the Yankees I should disagree. get rid of him. I think the Yankees need to get rid of him, <laughs> trade him immediately. What? Yeah, he's he's good, Sherm. I don't know what you're talking about. No, Torres. Were we talking about the same person? Yes. Really? He basically carried the team outside of Judge for a couple months. Yeah. I'm sure, you're talking about the same person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think they need to trade him immediately. No, the guy they need to get rid of is Giancarlo Stanton, but that's a story for another day. Oh, that's day. yeah, that's a whole other topic. I don't know. To me, the Yankees infield is loaded, and you have the prospects. So why are we? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just don't think they need Torres. So what's your suggestion though? Like move Volpe to second, have IKF play short, or vice versa? No, you blast IKF to the moon. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> wondering right now. So who no, you, bla- you blast him to the moon? No, yeah. I mean you, you got to play Volpe at short, and you let Peraza play second. I just think they don't. The Yankees. The Yankees have done this for too long, where they just don't let the kids play, and it is ridiculous. That I agree with. You can't build a winning team and never let somebody come up through your system. How do the Astros keep doing it? Yeah. They lost Springer. They lost Correa. And they pull Pena out of nowhere. They pull Alvarez out of nowhere. They pull Tucker out of nowhere. Because they that's cheat. How it, that's how a good team gets good. Yeah, they cheat. Well, yeah, okay. but still. <laughs> it's easy when they know what you coaches have to, are coming. You still have to develop talent somewhere. Every championship team's always a mix of veterans and young guys, and you gotta let the young guys play at some point. Is there right? No, I I agree with that, and I'm glad they finally called up Anthony. I just wish they called up Jason too. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that I don't. The the, the Frenchy Cordero signing is is mind blowingly stupid. Why I don't get that either. It is yeah. just it is just mind blowingly stupid because you know because we know with the Yankees and their incredible injury problems, and I don't know how they just don't just fire every one of their trainers. This team has to have the most injuries in the league. But, Definitely up there, yeah. Yep. But, it's like the Mets when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we know that at some point in the season, we're going to end up having an outfield of Hicks, Kiner Falefa, and Cordero. Ugh. At some point, it's going to happen. Ugh. And at that point, Yankee fans are going to be jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> As we should. Yep. All right, sure. Who's your other bust? Uh, my other bust is... Uh, the man that was traded for Lindor, Jimenez. Good pick. I think that he had a great year last year, and I do not think it's sustainable. I don't think he's that good. I think he'll be a serviceable shortstop in the major leagues, but I don't think he's repeating what he did. That's a solid pick. I have no argument there. Yeah. I thought about him, actually, too, but I, I... Thought Aaron Judge would be the more uh, controversial hot take, so I went there, and I really hope I'm wrong again. And then, and then my last one would be uh, I don't know. It's more of a, less of a bust and more just a straight up regression. Is is Brandon Drury? I think he had a great year last year, and he's just never. <laughs> that was that was a once in a lifetime season oh, that's never going to happen again. Yeah, no question. But yeah, I really have no argument for either of them. But 
I definitely like that pick too. I I like Brendan Drury, but again, he's another one like Judge where I hope I'm wrong, but I could definitely yep, Brendan Drury, Yankee legend. Yes. Yeah. Got <laughs> it a whole 180 with the Yankees. Chase Headley. Yeah, Chase Headley. Oh, boy. Chase Headley, right? <laughs> Headley is deadly. Headley is deadly. Yeah, yeah. My mental, my mental health. All right, Zach, you got something to share, buddy? No. I was no. Going to MVPs? No. I've, I've talked for the last 10 minutes. Come on, you got to have something. I, unfortunately. Your response to Drury? Oh, this guy. Did not prepare anything. I was too busy watching Luca get on the Mavs bus. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very excited boy. Yeah, you know what? I, I apologize. That is way more important. You're right. So, going back to Brandon Drury, last couple of years. COVID season, we won't count that. Year before that, he hit 218 with a 642 OPS. Then he wound up going to 274 in 2021 with a 783. So he had a big climb once he went to the Mets. Then he went actually down a little bit, 263 to 813. So I agree that like just by feel that it'll probably drop. He actually dropped a little bit from 2021 to 2022. And he had a really rough run in San Diego but he looked good in Cincinnati. So I do think there's going to be a bust potential there, but if he stays with his line with his career averages, goes a little bit up from his really rough start last year in San Diego, he'll be right in line with what he's been doing the last few years. So heading on to MVP bets, Cy Young bets. So Mac used to be someone who would put some wages down. Uh-huh. do. Yes, used to. It's been have not done anything. Congratulations, my good sir. Uh-huh. Nudge, Thank nudge, you. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. So now I just look and now I just look at it just to see like what people think. Nothing big, but NL MVP the favorites according to FanDuel are Juan Soto plus five fifty, Mookie Betts plus nine fifty, Ronald Acuna plus a thousand, Trey Turner plus eleven hundred, and Nolan Arenado plus twelve hundred. Right. Um, and he's also tied with Manny Machado at plus 1,200. So I don't really get why Ronald Acuna is getting such good odds. I don't get how Goldschmidt's not even on that list. Exactly. That's another one. He's 15 to 1, plus 1,500. Yeah. So like, it's slightly worse odds than Machado and Arenado. For some reason, they don't have it in order, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is the same as Acuna. So what? they really like the young guys, and I don't really see why. But does anyone have an NL MVP lock? For the goat whale, as Booker would try to say. I would, um, I put down Nolan Arenado, the best third baseman in the game. Um, he's just so consistent, and that defense is unparalleled. I think, I think he can win it for sure. Sherman, uh, I, I don't know if any of those guys really stand out amongst uh, among any 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 others. I, I'm gonna say Goldschmidt goes back to the back. <laughs> Honestly, Ooh, that would lock take. the whole team case right there. I mean. I'd love to see yeah, that. Too. The guy's yeah. really good. He has protection in that lineup. It's not a particularly tough division. I I could I could see him have another really really good year. You know, I mean, he came from he from Arizona where everybody sucked, and he was the only guy that could hit the ball. And now that he has, you know, other good players around him, I I yeah, I I think he could do really well again. I'd be very happy if that happened. I really like Paul Goldschmidt. Very underrated career in Arizona. Finally starting to get the recognition he deserves. Probably should have won an MVP in Arizona. So it would def- I think it would stitch up a Hall of Fame case for him right there. For me, I did not go with a St. Louis Cardinal. 
I went with someone who Josh before said was overrated, and I went with Manny Machado, plus 1,200. The battle of the third baseman. I, I, I think you should put $5 down on that. I would love to. I think it'd be a great. Don't bet. let him, Sherm. Stop it. <laughs> no, we won't. Do no, that I, I think I, I think Machado is so overrated, and he just got his nice new eleven-year contract for more money than he should be getting, and he's gonna phone it in. I think he's lazy. I yes. I understand the argument is overrated, but I really liked what I saw last year, and I think what I'm noticing is like when he tried to stop Fernando Tatis from getting ejected. And his quotes that he said, it's not about you. It's not bleeping about you. You know, you're the best guy on, you're the best player in the whole world. So, you know, basically saying you can't get thrown out. He grew up from his time in LA. He grew up from his time in Baltimore, ending Dustin Pedroia's career. Sorry, Boston. (laughs) Too soon. Um, But he's grown up. He's matured. And I, I think he has his moments where he just says something stupid. But I think overall his heart's in the right place now. And I've actually done a 180 on my entire opinion on Manny Machado. And I think that he's another guy who, whether we like it or not, I think he will have the stats one day to eventually, you know, be considered a, a legend of the sport. And I'm I think the MVP would sort of put him in that top. And I think he's the type of guy that the media would want to run with that narrative, especially if San Diego plays well. I think the media would want to run with a narrative that he's lazy. Speaking of narratives, AL MVP. Oh, boy. So this is where I see so with Aaron Judge because I think he's going to be a bust. I'm not picking him to be my MVP. However, I was utterly and completely disgusted by the fact that the media even tried to present a case for Shohei Otani. Yep. And what that made me think is unless somebody is hitting 75 home runs this year, that Shohei Otani is going to be a unanimous MVP this season. Uh, I really hope not. And he is my pick. I put down Jose Ramirez. I think he's so consistent, and I think they, he really needs to break through. The writers need to give him it. I mean, last year he hit, what, like 290, I want to say, had like 30 home runs, 126 ribbies. The dude barely strikes out. I think he walks almost. Home runs is, an, is an MVP level. Sorry. He's very good, though. I think. Very good is not MVP. He barely strikes out. I think he almost walks almost as much as he strikes out at this point. Um, but I think I think he deserves one at this point. If he's going to be this consistent, I think he gets one. Sherman, if Judge stays healthy, I think he would win MVP uh, in a world where the writers are not stupid. But uh, they're going to vote for Otani, yeah, um, simply because he plays the game. Yep. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Otani is really, really good, but to just hand them votes because he pitches and hits, I, I, I don't particularly understand it. No, I, I agree. I, I'm going by pure who is going to win, not who is my pick. Yeah. I oh, if, if we're talking about who is going to win, it's going to be Otani, and there's, there's just not a question. Yeah. I'm, unless he has some catastrophic breakdown, I don't think that's going to happen. So why don't we change it to who we think would win in a world where, let's say, Shohei Otani only does one specific thing, either hits or pitches. So who would win the MVP if Shohei Otani did not exist? I, I think Judge Judge would have a shot. I mean, Judge would have a shot. I think you, you got to look at Mike Trout, too. Yep. Jordan Alvarez, maybe? Oh, maybe that's I'm a good I'm wary pick. of saying anything about Trout because of how bad, just <laughs> horrifically bad that man was. Uh, I mean, I know he had a, he had a really good, whatever the, the second-to-last game was in the opening round of the World Baseball Classic. 
Right. I mean, he had that. He had a really big hit that basically won him the game. But uh, after that, he was so horrifically bad, it was not even funny. So looking at these odds here, and luckily that doesn't count for his MVP case now. Well, lucky for him that he doesn't have to worry about playing the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) nice shot there. Sorry, Angel fans. Not sorry. Two best talents the last twenty years, and you did nothing with it. And sniff the playoffs. Yep. But Shohei Otani's first in MVP odds, plus two twenty. Then Aaron Judge is second, plus seven hundred. Mike Trout plus eight hundred. Julio Rodriguez nine hundred. Jordan Alvarez twelve hundred. Guerrero thirteen hundred. And Jose Ramirez is seventh with fifteen hundred. And then the distant favorites from there: Kyle Tucker, Devers, Rushman, Corey Seager, Juan DeFranco. But it, it's a big drop off after Ramirez. I I like Julio Rodriguez a lot. I. I think we're really premature on this yeah, one. Yeah, the media is so high on him. It's insane. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, I love those, those first picks are good, though. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, Guerrero should have won the first time Otani won. Yes. Hands down, no question about it. Otani did nothing to win that MVP except he plays two positions. Yep. Yeah, but he did something that was never seen before, so I understand the voters pick it for one yeah, year. Yeah, but they said they – said It's only a repeated trend. But they've set this precedent that uh, he plays two positions, so he's going to win. So by by the yeah. logic of Aaron Judge had to hit 60 home runs to, to get him. a vote, and people were still thinking about voting against him, which is insane. You know, you set the precedent even, that as yeah, long as Otani plays, disgusting. he wins. Yeah, he just exists. So Otani should plays. win the MVP for the next 10 years. For exactly. retires. That's stupid. It's just, it's just really stupid. Once again, you are not going to like – my Cy Young. Oh, boy. So I'm just getting the odds here just so you can see it. We'll start. Do you guys want to do AL or NL first? Let's go AL. Well, first it is. All right, so here are the favorites per fan duel. Jacob deGrom, plus 550. Garrett Cole, plus 700. Oh. Dylan Cease, plus 900. Shohei Otani, plus 1100. Carlos Rodon and Shane McClanahan, plus 1400. Alec Manoa, plus 1500. Shane Bieber and Luis Castillo, 1600 along with Kevin Gausman. Looking at these names, love Garrett Cole, gives up too many home runs in Yankee Stadium. Yep. Jacob Grom, we don't know how healthy he's going to be. And he's also on a new team, new environment. Dylan Cease has actually really high walk numbers, and a lot of people are predicting a setback. I'm predicting for the first time since Justin Verlander, we are going to have a double AL MVP and an AL Cy Young, and I'm going to go Shohei Otani. Uh, people are going to vote for him and uh, no matter what i think if it's close they're gonna grade on a curve and no one in the al really sticks out to me as being a clear front runner because i don't trust Degrom's health and i don't trust garrett cole's ability to keep the ball in the park what about shane bieber i put shane bieber down shane bieber i like but again the health issue and he's been like just on the uh, like he's been very good not great since the covid year yeah, I pick Bieber because um, I don't see DeGrom being healthy. We said that. And I don't think Manoa is going to repeat that year he had either. My relative sleeper pick, because you know, 1,500 is a pretty solid sleeper. Actually, 1,600 is a pretty solid sleeper. I would go Luis Castillo there. It's weird. I know the, the numbers don't look that great. Every time I watch that guy, he looks incredible. And he's a guy who I really want to go see in person this year, which – when we talk about Michelin stars one day down the road, that'll be a prime discussion. But he has incredible stuff when he's on. So if he can stay on for a whole season, that that could be 
a guy that I would definitely support for Cy Young. Uh, Josh, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 either Cease or it's Manila. I, I, I think Cease has slowly gotten better, and I, I, I don't see him taking a step back. I think, you know, he's, he's going to get his control a little better. And, I mean, his stuff is pretty nasty. So I would definitely say that he has a legitimate chance. And I think Manila is really good. And, yes, Yale East is is a tough division, but he, he's, he's done well. I don't think I don't think he's another you know uh, Ryu where they get him from LA like oh you know he's really really good and he comes to Toronto and he's eh. no I can see it I like Manoa I think that's a solid pick I I think Cease takes a step back I think there's a lot of pressure on him especially tomorrow facing a Chicago White Sox legend Jose Abreu <laughs> but I Michael Jordan <laughs> yep Michael Jordan do they, do they only say that because he played for the White Sox yeah I guess so I don't it, know it's just... But you're in Chicago. I, I, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't get over that. I know we're getting off topic, but it's just no, 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 bad. But yeah, I, I can definitely see Manoa. I really just, I don't see Cease. I haven't seen a lot of him, admittedly, like watching pure game to game. Don't see a lot of White Sox games here in, on Long Island. But, um, you know, he's been, you know, numbers look really good, but seems like a lot of people are predicting a downfall based on the walk rate. Anything to add before we move on to NL? McClanahan's a good sleeper pick too. Him being healthy this year, that's a good pick too. Yeah, that's a good pick too. We didn't talk about him enough, but yeah, I like McClanahan. Being a lefty certainly helps. Yeah. Yep. But NL Cy Young. I'll do odds first before we do picks. Uh, Sandy Alcantara plus five. Corbin Burns plus six. Verlander plus seven. Scherzer plus eight. Spencer Strider plus ten. So it'll be a thousand if you bet a hundred. Uh, Zach Allen eleven, Max Fried twelve, Aaron Nola thirteen, Zach Wheeler eighteen, Urias and Woodruff twenty. So, anyone want to go first before I do? Because I feel like I've been going first a lot. Uh, to me, uh, Burns. I think I think Burns is going to come out and be pissed off, and he's going to throw one of the best seasons of his career, and then tell Milwaukee to shove it and go somewhere else, like the Yankees. Agree. If we can only hope. It's either Burns or I put Freed down. I think he's really good. I think that Atlanta squad's good. So it's either one of those two for me. I guess I kind of have a combo of you guys. I picked a guy who is in a contract dispute and a guy who's been very close to winning but hasn't won a Cy Young. So Burns is in the contract dispute and um, Freed came very close last year. I picked Aaron Nola. Wow. I like him. And I think he's angry and he's had really good seasons. He gives up a, D, a pretty solid ERA, but yeah. I think that if you can bring that down, you have a solid team in Philadelphia. I know they have some injuries, but I think the him being angry and him not winning one helps. You know what I was going to say? I think you have a bigger media outlet in Philadelphia than you do in Milwaukee. And I, I like the whole contract year theory. So I oh, went out. Big time Philly fans actually have an opinion. No. Run cook, run cook, baby. Let him cook. Season ticket holder who moved to Philadelphia and became a complete Wait. and utter seller. This is literally not true. I'm cutting all this, this out. This is 112% true. Do um, not cut any of this out. You're not, yeah, you're not allowed to cut any of this out. Mr. <laughs> Mr. The year he moves there, the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and he's out in the streets partying with them. Would you party too? Yes. No. Yes, you would. I'd no. be disgusted. Um, no, that's my team's rival. Well, I'm not a big football guy. We all know that. But um, 
in terms of Nola versus Wheeler, I actually thought Wheeler pitched much better, especially in the playoffs last year. Um, so I was really surprised to see his odds a lot higher than Nola. So I think Wheeler's the better pitcher right now, personally. That's actually really interesting, too. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, I like Nola. I think he's good, but I don't think he's that. He's not I don't think he's guy. hit that level of elite. And it's going to take a big step up for him to get that to get that far. Yeah. None of us even thought about Alcantara, huh? I don't think there's any way he repeats. I mean, he's he's great, but I don't see it. Through a lot of I innings. Mean, yeah, that's yeah, very true. I think it's tough. I, I mean, he has a shot, but I, I don't know. It, it's tough to say, will he repeat? I mean, for me, I'm saying Burns because he's, he's been good for a number of years now. There are guys that come up and they have a bunch of really good years in a row. You know? Then you have Tim Lincecum. All right, and that wraps up another installment of Championship or Bust. Hopefully we can make this a yearly tradition and get to have some opening day stuff. And I'm sure we'll come back and revisit this after uh, the World Series in October and November and laugh at many of our takes. Go Padres. Thanks again for listening. I'm That's in. And remember, no matter what, it's the best se- best opening day to a season in the world because the Boston Red Sox are already eliminated from the playoffs. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good night.